from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bad. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Hey, I think we finally got that down. Look we at that. did. And We're awesome. Yeah, it worked. It was smooth. Nice transition. Yeah. What have you been up to? Have you done anything beer related oh, since your last spoke? No, no, I, I don't think I have. Yeah, it's been um, pretty dry for me too. Yeah, I I haven't brewed oh god, this weekend is stupid. <laughs> um so last year so uh this half this, a second. He's here. Uh well, we're gonna get there. Okay. Er, yeah, Eric is joining us today. <laughs> Hola. He didn't say any words, so I figured he was just pop in when he's ready to say something. <laughs> I'm reading about Berliner Weiss. <laughs> Of course you are. Uh, anyway, so last year, uh, I think we might have talked about it. Well, the podcast is about a year old now. So okay, it yeah. was either right after or right before we started. Um, Memorial Day weekend, I bought a sack of two-row. And in a single day, I brewed 35 gallons of beer in a single day. And it was glorious. Back to back. I, and it was I, was I was solo brewing yeah. all of it. Um, and so every time I emptied my mash tun, I filled it back up, and it was it was a brutal, late, brutally long day, fun but brutally long. Uh, so this week, this this year, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy a sack of grain again this year. I bought Pilsner, but I wisened up a little bit and I spread it out over three days. <laughs> so yesterday I brewed uh, ten gallons of uh, Oktoberfest. Today uh, we did. 20 gallons of Berliner Weiss, <laughs> and then tomorrow I'm doing 10 gallons of Pilsner. Sounds fantastic. Uh, well, it seems I have a problem. Well, more than one, but... Right, yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was fun. It's just a lot of brewing. Like, just a ridiculous amount of brewing, you know? Do you need any help tomorrow? No, I, I, okay. I got it. I, I'll have it done... In just a couple of hours, and it's yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, single batches, like even even like we were doing two side by side, even that's just a ridiculous amount more work than just a single batch. Yeah, because you're working with effectively twice the equipment across the board. Yeah, and it's just it just it's ridiculous. But I think I think today went okay. It did, and it didn't rain nearly as bad as otherwise supposed to. That's true. It did rain today, didn't it? It did a little bit. I mean, and it was starting to pick up towards the end. I but. suppose it, it was starting to rain harder by the time we got back. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you fuckers, left yeah, and left totally me. Yeah, we totally just went and had Chinese food. You're like, hey, uh, you wrap up here, and I'm like, <laughs> fine. They even had Peking chicken. Quite good. Peking. It was solid Peking, there. I've yeah. been there in years. It was solid. Yeah, totally revamped. But yeah, that the beer the beer looks fantastic. Ah, well, it was. I don't know. We'll see. I I'm not going to pass any judgment on this. This is our this is my first Berliner, so we'll see kind of what happens here. How did the boy? What was the recipe? Because I just kind of showed up while stuff was happening. Uh, there anything. wasn't a recipe. We just threw stuff in a in a thing. No, uh, the recipe was uh, nine pounds pills. Uh, I eat, and then five pounds red wheat. And then uh, rice hulls, a pound of rice hulls in each thing. And then uh, an ounce of tetanang. At, I use tetanang. Did you use tetanang? Or did you use hollertau? Okay, yeah. So an ounce of tetanang or hollertau at 60 minutes. 
and let her go. Though we only did a 20-minute boil on the one. So. True. Oh, and that's we right. we hit 10.30-ish. Yeah, uh, yeah, on both of them. So. so now explain all of the jars of yeast that I saw up in the kitchen. Well, so I was going to uh, buy two things of Oktoberfest yeast, two things of, uh, of Bavarian lager. Actually, I wanted four things of Bavarian lager. I was just going to use B- Bavarian lager across the board. Okay. And then uh, then I needed uh, some uh, German ale yeast for the for pre-fermenting the other stuff of the uh, I can Berliner Weiss. Man, my <laughs> brain is just broken today. Yeah. <laughs> I've been failing miserably all day. <laughs> anyway, so I got to Steel H2O and they had one package of Bavarian lager yeast. And I needed four. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, six beers. <laughs> so I bought uh, six different kinds of yeast. Oh, my God. And so we have some, I guess, beer experiments coming up. I I'm excited to try them all. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Approve this message. Right? Yeah, it's, it should make some decent radio, for, if nothing else. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And I get to try a bunch of different yeast to see what works. And what doesn't? So yeah, with the uh, with the Oktoberfest, I'm, uh, you know, what? I can go over my recipes that I'm using this weekend if you want. Yeah, why not? All right, so let me bring them up real quick here. Eric, have you been doing any homebrewing related stuff recently? So well, we bought a whiskey barrel. Oh yeah, I keep that, forgetting about that. That well, is Casey a thing. Pre-purchased the whiskey barrel. We went three ways in. Me, you, Miles, Casey. Yeah, and um, uh, we are going to be brewing probably next month. 10 to 15 gallons of Imperial Stout, yeah, uh, clocking at 12% ABV. It's our second version of the beer you and I whiskey barrel aged a year ago. Okay. Or two years ago almost. Did we, we had that beer that was Department of Offense or was that the podcast? The uh, I think that was DOO. Okay. Yeah. Malfoss? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if it was received well. I think it was. Yeah, it was received really well. This was um, like a year and a half ago. It was yeah. a while ago. Time goes. Um, yeah, so I've been working on uh, finalization of version two, and I'm trying to source a coffee um, and a maple syrup for bottle conditioning. Is that what you were asking me about the maple syrup for? Yes. Okay. And it's actually going to be um, a beer that I hand out to my groomsmen, at least my portion. Uh, we're going to wax seal it, label it, hand number it. We'll, we'll make it glorious. It'll right. be beautiful. Yeah, I get to be the guy who helps make his own gift from the <laughs> group. Hey, you get other stuff, too. So <laughs> d- does he just get an extra bottle, then, in his share? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll put some extra love into his bottle. You know what I mean? Joy. <laughs> Rapture. <laughs> my too. Oh, shit. I'm kidding. Anyways, other than that, no. Other than brewing with Casey and arguing about wanting to brew or not want to brew, today I actually defined that I think I'm bored of home brewing. Well, that's unfortunate. It well, is. I think it's just it's it's becoming more of a a chore to 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 do. And I've found I don't know about you guys that it's exponentially more expensive this year than it was like five years ago to brew a batch of beer. It seems like it. Well, not not these batches of beer, but yeah. the, the big beers that I used to like to brew are just. I mean, if I'm going to brew a double IPA, I need I need a uh, forty dollars worth of hops. I, yeah, I guess Average that's why I've been four bucks an ounce. I, I've been leaning towards some of the more esoteric styles and lagers Which and stuff I like that. I had a good time doing it. What did we call this beer? 
Uh, no what shits given. <laughs> no fucks given here. And it, it really was that. We didn't take a single gravity reading until everything was done. Yep. Lids were off. It was raining into the beer. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was it just was cool. a, it was just a fun brew day. That's why it's kind of like a sunset overdrive brew day. <laughs> you know what, Eric? I think before you swear off homebrewing, we just need to try doing that once or twice. What zero fucks given? Yeah, I think from here on out we should just institute that. Not treat it as always trying to make professional level reincarnate Man, beers. I am. I have completely corrupted you guys. Yeah. You guys used to be like super professional and on top of your shit, mm. and then I come in and I'm like, ah, fuck. You're it. a home wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really. I, I, I mean, we. Historically, document over document everything. Try to it's just too much happening. Yeah. Oh, I I I know the important stuff. I know what temperatures I mashed in at. I know uh, what ingredients I use, so I can tweak that way and how long exactly. I boiled and stuff like that. Exactly. So that Brewer's Journal really comes in handy. Yep. You should uh, probably totally uh, didn't open put it that at all on the today. site. No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> really didn't get any use. Well, you didn't have any notes to hey, put in there. Do you have my Brewer's Journel? At your house? I don't I you do. know if I do. Mm. All right. Uh, so my Oktoberfest recipe. Uh, so I used, for a 10-gallon batch, uh, 10 pounds pills, uh, 6 pounds of Munich, 3 pounds of Vienna, and 2 pounds of Munich. Sounds, Sounds good to right me. To yeah. Me. Uh, and then I used uh, 2 and a half ounces of Tetanang because, again, they had no holler cow. Oh, uh, and so I was just using Tetanang as a sub. And then an ounce uh, at 60, and then an ounce uh, at, like, 15 minutes. So essentially flame out. Okay. Uh, Yeah. uh, I hit all my numbers, and I'm pretty excited. So I used uh, the Y-Yeast Oktoberfest uh, yeast on five gallons of it. And on the other five, I used a Munich lager yeast. I yeah yeah that so good to yeah me. it should it should be really good. tried and true simple probably gonna taste great yeah it should it should be fun and then yeah today's was uh, was nine pills five wheat and holler tau. Do you with, remember the Oktoberfest uh, we made? No, it was with Levi. He oh, did the yeah. cold water bath yeah. fermentation. Yeah, it actually turned out okay. Oh, yeah. I'd never do it again like that. No, what, you it was do? buttery. Well, we didn't have any sort of uh, temp control setup, so he had a big Rubbermaid tub filled with ice every day. Uh, okay, cold towels. Not, not on with it. ice. Yep. He did. Uh, he froze and refroze oh, two, two liter liters. bottles of. Water. Oh, okay. So it kind of did like it, a it swamp was, cooler it was type okay deal. Okay, for yeah. a first attempt at a very crude setup. Um, the beer, the the beer's goodness was very short lived. I think I don't remember enough of it. <laughs> I it it all. Was overcarbed. Well, that's bottling. For one reason or another. It's bottling. But no, I mean like super overcarbed. Yeah. Bottling. So, yeah. There was one random bottle I remember that was just nothing short of fantastic. I don't know how only one of them worked out that way. Yeah. Um, and then my uh, Pilsner recipe is 18 pounds of Pilsner and two ounces of Pearl at 60 and then an ounce of Tetanang at 15 minutes. I love Pearl hops. So good. Oh. I'm excited for it. It's uh, it's a pilsner. Like <laughs> it's one malt, two hops. <laughs> Just a lot done. Of science though, and pilsner brewing. Yeah, there could be rests and things. That yeah, you could implement. I could definitely could. I'm not gonna. Z, it's a ZFG beer. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it will. So the the last the last pilsner I did uh, talking to the mic, you're off oh, to the side. Too so much. sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, uh, the last pilsner I did, we tried on the show. Uh, the only problem with it was I mashed too long, and we got just way too much DMS. Mm. Uh, I think you'll avoid that tomorrow. I I think so. Yeah. So if if I can if I can overcome the DMS issue, I think I think I have a solid pills recipe, which is just pilsner and mash it a temperature. I don't remember what I have set as my mash temperature. I have it written down. Dry somewhere. and hoppy. That's kind of the the goal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what's I mean, really wrong with this show, you guys? Already, there's no beer on the table, and we're talking about homebrewing. <laughs> well, that's fine. We can there's, talk. We we there, just there's spent two taps right behind you. Yeah, I, feel, I mean. It's a choice. True. It's just I'm so used to like college level drinking during podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and usually it is today. Last night was just brutal. Uh, but anyway, we have a topic today, right, Miles? We do. We're it 15 was, minutes it into was the show. Based off an email, was it not? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, a Facebook message. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Do you want to pull that up real quick? Yeah. Because I. Oh, I just I just gotta remember the guy's uh, name here. Oh, man, you're supposed to be better at this. Well, in preparation, waiting. you had 15 minutes to feed. <laughs> I didn't have shit. You know, Eric, do you want a homebrew? Because you can have some homebrew. No. All right. Uh, yeah. So Thomas, uh, we've been corresponding on Facebook back and forth, um, and he just got a kegging setup. Okay. And he was wondering if we could do a show on kegging. And I was like, sure, why not? That seems like a thing we can do. Because Eric and I went through the entire process. Yes. And so I kind of built this uh, this today's quiz around our experience with the whole kegging setup thing. Okay. Uh, so the kegging episode. Casey. Yes. What would be your first step for looking at a keg setup? Like, you just bought a whole bunch of stuff. It's just sitting in a whole bunch of pieces in front of you. What would you do? Uh, I would go to the internet and start reading about what all these pieces are and why I purchased them. Good answer, I guess. (laughs) No, uh, so I I guess I'm I'm not quite following the question. Well, uh, Eric, do you remember how we got started? Didn't we watch a YouTube video? Uh, With the equipment, the kegerator? Um, The big old black pilot. Well, I remember <laughs> you went and bought a freezer. <laughs> no, before that, the black fridge. Oh, God. <laughs> We're taking a trip back in time here. Miles bought like a 1930s <laughs> heavier than Hades. I mean, this thing was like the bad side of a barn. It it had all the fittings already installed. I think most, that's, most of them. Most of them already installed and okay. it was already converted, um, but it was disastrous. That yeah. That is not the way to go. Well, okay, so what we did was we, we found on Craigslist, I think it was like $35 is what he wanted for yeah, this I think you talked him piece down to of junk. And the fridge itself was worthless, but it came with a, a bunch of the shanks and a lot of the really expensive parts of Ball some of the kegging equipment. Okay. Ball-lock, yeah. Um, but it was by far not complete. And so one of the first things I would try and tell anybody is uh, do your research, you know, kind of find what exactly, what exact sort of setup you're looking for and 
watch videos and read up, and then take an absolute complete inventory of what you have versus what you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so I did this like five times over, and I did not regret it. Uh, we compiled a comprehensive list of everything we needed uh, down to the screws that I used to attach the CO2 splitter to the wooden collar. Like I even had the screw, the different types of screws I needed. Um, so think hardware, including bolts, washers, handles, cords, wood, drill bits, screwdrivers, hammers, glue, tubing, clamps, etc. Just have it all. And then go out and get the stuff. And then also take careful consideration to what actual kind of keg you have, uh, Ball lock versus pin lock. Ball lock versus pin lock yes. because they don't, they do not mix and match. You will no, they are not really friendly. You will have a careful. bad day. That uh, keg, we lost a keg. Yeah, we ours. did. We we actually messed up a, a connector or two. How'd you destroy a keg? We couldn't get it uh, off we, once it got out. Yeah, um, we destroyed the seal trying to get it off. Huh. It was bad news. It's not a good topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I did that. I was extremely thorough, and I did not regret it because when Eric and I actually got together to put this thing together, we had everything we needed. We didn't need to stop or go and go to the hardware store for anything. And so that was the first thing. Um, the next thing, we uh, again, we watched several videos for the actual construction. One of the best was the one on Northern Brewer. Yeah, that was the one actually... we ended up following from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, everything. Okay. Uh, So what we did was we ended up buying a chest freezer and we removed the lid and we had a wood collar that we put around the top, glued it into place, and then we put the lid back on top of the wooden collar and then the wooden collar is what all of the lines and stuff went through. Okay. So if I was going to suggest, excuse me, if Eric, if you were going to suggest one more big thing before actually building the keg system first, what would it be? What? One more time? If you were going to suggest one more big thing before the actual building part of the keg setup, what would it be? Oh, for me, it'd be power tools. <laughs> I mean, we did a lot of those things the good old-fashioned way. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that's that's not exactly what I'm looking for, but it plays to it. Kegs? Uh, no, kegs actually, would be good. Kegs, kegs might be nice. Uh, CO2 cool. regulator, tank. <laughs> yeah. All these oh. things might be useful. Yeah. Uh, the, the short version is pretend to go through it first. Like, do all the ghost actions. Like, okay, now I have to saw the wood. So then you think, well, I need a saw and I need the wood. That's just kind of like that last, you know, going through your checklist so that you don't forget anything. See, I think you're way overthinking this. I so here, here's here's my Generally, keg story. That's what we always do. So here, here's my keg story. I decided I wanted a keg. I went on to Midwest Supplies, and I bought a kegging system. <laughs> and then, and then I bought an extra keg, so I had two. Uh, and then I uh, slapped a wooden collar on a freezer, uh, and started just kind of doing it, like figuring it out from there. Uh, like kegging isn't hard. I feel like. Uh, you're you're making it to be this huge daunting thing, but it's it's really not. Well, uh, the, okay, the things so really part, can only go together one way. And well, for me, um, mostly what I'm getting at is, uh, especially for me, getting to Northern Brewer, which for a long time was the closest place. I didn't want to accidentally forget some 
you know, particular type of tubing or a particular type of connect or clamp that I can really only get there. And that's like two hours of driving for $20 worth of stuff. Well, that- and I think part of that is when you get there, like ask, uh, I mean, if, if you're buying it on location, talk to uh, one of the employees there, especially like Northern Brewer and stuff. They're always happy to help and yeah. will let you know exactly what you need. Uh, but I mean, even then, so I mean, if you're going bare bone, like, Okay. We, yeah, we did. We did a like a total DIY setup. So we bought everything. Um, I guess part of the other reason why I'm stressing it so hard is because um, we already had only half the stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's like normally you would go to Northern Brewer and you would buy like the shank and it has the handle and it has the screws and the connectors and stuff. We only had like the shank with no tap handle that didn't have the little insert and it didn't have the screw cap that went on top and so I had to like individually like break down the big parts and you know find out so and and that was the big reason why I'm just like not go Nazi on this preparation thing because I didn't want to like accidentally be missing one integral part and be like oh heck now I have to drive two hours for this six dollar well and well and a lot of it can be substituted and jerry-rigged with uh hardware stuff but i mean that's let's let's say we've done that we're on the next step let's let's actually talk about kegging itself not the The building of the kegerators fair enough fair enough uh yeah so eric putting the kegs or excuse me what would be the you know some of the things that you would want people to know for starting kegging sanitation is even more important (laughs) Right, like when you're kegging. Yeah, clean. Uh, I mean, keep you your lines clean. And take stuff apart like that. your 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 ball lock connects each time you clean your keg. You know, run kegging solution through. Make sure never put a sour beer on and then a clean beer and then rotate back and forth. That that can be very problematic. That can ruin your entire setup. But um, I don't know. Keep things clean is my biggest stressor. Keep things clean, Casey. Do you have uh, I. Learn your uh, your pressures. Uh, yes. Like when you're uh, fi- figure out if you want to uh, force carb or if you want to uh, do do like just keg conditioned. Uh, so keg conditioning, it, the same thing as bottling. Just put some priming sugar in, let it sit, and wait for it to carbonate. Um, and then you put uh, depending on the length of your lines, and this is going to vary beer to beer. So always have more kegging or keg line on hand, uh, but. I like to shoot. I usually push through around uh, just just under ten psi, like eight psi through the lines for serving. Uh, yeah, and I, I I keep a ridiculous amount of line in my in my in my kegerator just because I like the long lines and it helps prevent some foaming occasionally. Yeah, I think we did four or six feet on ours. Yeah, we usually did four to six, and one of the things if I could do it differently. Always just have extra on hand, like Casey said. Yep. Ten feet, just hanging around. Yeah, well, and it's it's or... cheap. You can buy it in rolls of, you know, 20 feet or 30 feet or whatever, and just do that, keep it somewhere, and just cut cut off as you need it. Absolutely. So, Eric, quick question. Why do we need that much line from keg to tap? Well, kind of like Casey said, to prevent foaming. Um, boy, you're quizzing me hard today. <laughs> um, isn't well, it just better for the actual beer itself well kind of. uh let, i mean let's, obviously not the further the better but well let's give an extreme example what if i only had like six inches like i went directly from the line to the tap beats me 
it would spray out like an <laughs> like, oh, like a fire hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I was looking for in the typical mile style is the technical answer. And uh, the change in pressure from the keg to the tap needs to be a long, drawn-out process. Because if you think about it, opening the tap, you've effectively just put a hole in the keg to let all of this pressure out. And if it's really short, it's going to shoot out like a fire hose. But if you give it this really long, uh, like what we're saying, four to six feet of line... It's uh, it turns into this gradual process so that it'll pour out nicely into the glass. So that's fantastic. <laughs> you have the quiz, man. You have all the notes. We're wait- we're on you. <laughs> Don't look at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, pros pros and cons. Uh, okay. Pro, there are no cons. Pretty much. So, believe it or not, <laughs> initial setup cost. So this this is fantastic. I have here. What are some of the pros for uh, for kegging beer? Uh, other than Casey, yes, I know you don't think there are any cons. There aren't. <laughs> I mean, cost would be the only one, but that initial cost pays for itself eventually. Like instead of you know bottles and. I think there's for me some of the cons were, God, I have so much beer in a keg to drink, and typically I like to consume my kegged beer rather fresh most of the styles i drink so i felt like it was a chore to chug through yes it was easier inherently to package the product but it was like god i need to kill this keg so i can put something else in it because i didn't i don't have what 10 kegs okay point well i think uh at least for us part of the cons were we always had to put it in an inconvenient place to get to True, and then we made it for a whole lot more volume than we were ever gonna drink, going to use it for. Yeah, I so, don't think we ever put a beer on draft over seven percent ever. Well, not just can that. You imagine but, having? No, oh, that's why I don't make beers that big. Well, not just that, <laughs> but we designed it to hold four kegs. Right. I don't think we ever had more than one or two ever. Yeah, I my my first keg rider was uh, was a four keg until well, actually, I could have put like eight. In, in the thing, uh, and then that freezer died, and so I downgraded because I only had the two shanks, and so it was like, I don't need this much space, and two is but enough. Do after tomorrow. Well, no, because... Ideally, that would be pretty cool to have, like, eight different beers on draft at home. Yeah, it would, and I have just... Well, but see, then you, then you run into the conundrum where you need N plus two kegs, where right. N is the number of taps that you have. So, uh, like that, that's at least that's, that's kind of what I follow is you need two kegs for every, uh, tap you have because you need to have one on deck for when that one kicks. Yeah. It, it also helps to transition the lines so that, cause we had some lines go bad from not cleaning them out properly. <laughs> well, I think that, and we were putting, uh, funky saisons through them and then not using the line for another three months or there's a lot of like consistently cleaning your keg and keeping it beer running through it. Yeah. And if you're not, keep water running through yeah, it. Yeah, keep something in those lines. Which we were not doing. Uh, yeah, no, if, if I don't... You if pretty I don't... much every mistake you could kegging. And I think that's why we <laughs> some ill sight of it. And yeah, I, I think it really depends on how much beer you're going to drink if you should keg. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it it's not... 
out of the question to have a single keg tap system. No, no, and it's we were just talking about that. Yeah, uh, single single tap is great uh, depending on like what you're doing. Um, I mean, if you're if if it's just you know you drinking out of it, I think a single te- keg is fantastic. Put something nice, easy drinking on tap, and just bottle the rest of your stuff. Though once you start kegging, you're never going to want to bottle again. No, yeah, that one time we I came over and bottled with you. Um, that was the first time we I had experienced bottling in two years, maybe really. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Casey no. did. <laughs> It's because I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, so some of the pros that I have, um, it's one container versus 50 plus. Mm -hmm. So one keg versus so many bottles, uh, which simplifies the cleaning and sanitation process. Totally. Uh, And it's easier, at least for me, I find it easier to uh, keep oxygen out of the finished beer. Because you can purge the keg and put a blanket of CO2 on it. Which doesn't work as well as... uh, People like to think, I mean, it works, yes, don't get me wrong, but it's not like uh, spraying it down in there is going to perfectly lift the oxygen out. It's like it it actually immediately mixes itself, and then you got to go quite a while before you actually yeah. get the vast majority. But, yeah, it's it still works. It is an easy, good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use forced carb instead of conditioning, although conditioning is still completely available to you. Yep. Uh, let's see. A lot of filtration setups usually require a keg system in front of it. Mm-hmm. So, like um, the Blickman gun, the, the Blickman the, beer the, gun, the counter pressure filler. That and it's just awesome as hell. Yeah, because it's a gun that shoots beer. Well, I, I meant the whole keg system. Oh, yeah. Uh, the so cons pretty much about the the biggest or the one big drawback is um, the money that goes into the initial investment cost uh and mobility you don't quite have the mobility no unless, that's true too unless to your beers with you brass. have a jockey box <laughs> unless you have a jockey box a jockey box oh you don't know what it, uh, it's a jockey i have a feeling i know yeah it well it's it's, it's, it's a like portable a keg system yeah it's yeah. A, uh yeah so i have a i have like you see that metal plate over there with the tubes sticking yes. out of it yeah so i put i put that in a cooler um and then put ice on top of it and the kegs are warm and it pushes the warm beer through and it makes it cold Ingenious. It's amazing. A big thing I wanted to throw out there for people is that when you do a lot of uh, research about kegging, just kind of assume they're always talking about a cold keg. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one big mistake Eric and I did uh, was w- like when we first got these kegs and we're like, let's put beer in them and, and drink it tonight drink it tonight terrible yeah. decision we, we kept always wanting to try and figure out carbonation for room temperature you can do it you can do you it you can force carb but, the, but the moment you get it cold it's a different beer well no carbonation I mean, wise uh part of part of what we were doing wrong is we were giving it um cold temperature co2 serving it warm oh or try you know figuring out that didn't work we're trying to figure because the your charts don't go up to 70 degrees for the most part. No, I, I mean, you can do the conversions and stuff. But. Yeah, and so we would try that, and then it would just be warm and gross, and then we'd cool it off, and then it'd be cool and not nearly as carbon. Just fighting it. Just Yeah. Chalk it up till we suck it. Yeah. Keg well, it. and honestly, uh, I will keg condition more than uh, force carb, carb if, I, if I can help it. Uh, if, I, if I don't need to put something on immediately... 
then it's getting a keg condition. Yeah, which is really simple and easy. You don't need to uh, worry that hard, uh, especially if you're doing on-deck beers and still have Yep. Ones in the That's line. why you do the N plus two. And you can start with just N kegs, but you're going to get really mad at yourself immediately. Yeah. Kegs are also not always in stock online to buy. They're used soda ball lock kegs. Uh, the, well, they, they have new ones now that Which are like are a, a fortune. They're like a hundred where you can buy a used bucks. keg for Painful. 59. Yeah. But like that was one thing for us for many months. They were sold out. Yeah. Yep. Also a useful suggestion. Whenever you get your hands on a new keg, just automatically buy a new set of seals for them. Yep. Uh, it's only a couple of bucks, and you'll never regret it. So, I don't know. Do you, can you think of any other pros versus cons? I mean, it, it's pretty simple. Kegs are freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, Man, um, the only other... If, if you have a kegging setup uh, and you want to fill growlers off of it, uh, remember uh, to fill from the bottom of the growler. So take a piece of tubing and either you put it... usually just wedge it up in there. Yeah, either either wedge it into the uh, into the tap or around the tap and then uh, just make it long enough so it sits on the bottom of the growler and you're going to uh, lose less carbonation that way and it'll travel a little better. Yeah. Uh, and if you have the ability, purge that growler before you... Yes. Before you fill CO2. off of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I... I don't know. I did kegging and having having uh, beer on tap in your house is pretty badass. Like the first, like especially like the first time you're like, well, you know, would you like a beer? Would you like a beer? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, pull it yourself. What? Mine's no, yeah. blown. There, there is a huge aspect of just the novelty. Oh yeah, just no. going down in the basement and pouring yourself a pint. Yeah, I it's mean, it's it, very it was. Nice. I have to admit, it was nice. It, it was a pretty setup. satisfying action. It's well, it's and it's just so convenient. Your drinking will go up immediately, but that's not really a problem. Maybe not in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, here's Eric. Do you do you know any other mistakes that we made through our kegging experiences? Every one under the sun. Every one of them. Um, I mean, th- dude, we did it all wrong all the time. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it is you need to be a patient brewer, though, as well. You know, when you're kegging. Why? Because, well, making the mistakes of forced carving warm beer, oh. trying to then hyper-cool it down. and it, Yeah, you just need to be patient. There, yeah. Well, I mean, beer is a patient hobby. It really is. Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing happens fast. No. If you're, if you're impatient, beer is not for you. Go distill something. I suppose. <laughs> but, but, I or mean, that's, that's what it buy is. buy it. Or just buy it. Or, yeah. No, uh, I guess... There's not too much more I wanted to say on it. Do you have any? I'm I'm just trying to trying to think of my my nuggets of wisdom here. Uh, oh, uh, even if you have a tap system, always keep uh, like a picnic tap on on hand. Um, oh sure, just, just like oh, yeah, line yeah. leads to one of the little plastic. Tap yeah, nozzles. yeah. Just just always keep one on hand with with some line and a an extra ball lock connector or pin lock connector, whatever whatever you're using. Just because you'd be surprised. How often you're going to use that stupid thing? That's <laughs> um, true. I I mean I'll use it when I'm running uh, sanitizer through all the connections and stuff, um, or if I just I don't know. There's just so many little reasons that you need the stupid thing. Yeah. Um, oh, here here's a couple of things. Um, 
agitated kegs, you know, like you, you picked it up and, you know, maybe it fell over or something and you're putting it in, it gets shaken up a little bit. Uh, agitated beers like to sit for a little bit before you start tapping. Yeah. Uh, actually if, leading me to a point. Don't dry hop in the keg. No matter what people tell you, unless you put marbles there and somehow get it to stay away from the dipstick, dry hopping in the keg always leads to clogs, at least in my opinion, and a grassy product at the end. Yeah, um, if you're gonna, if you want like that fresh hop character uh, from straight from the keg, do a Randall or something. Yeah, yeah, those aren't horribly difficult to put together either. Yeah, I could almost do an entire do episode so- on one of those. Right? Yeah, do <laughs> do something in line, um, and let the keg like if you move, like if you put the keg in the in the kegerator, give it. A f- at least a few hours, uh, preferably like overnight, just to settle and clear out. And the first couple of pints that you pull from the keg are going to be murky as hell. There's nothing you can do about it. Generally, yeah. unless you use finings in secondary, yep, you can get a clear product in and out. But if but you for the for the finings, most part, yeah, generally speaking, you're you're gonna have you're totally. gonna you're gonna lose a couple of pints, and it's not a big deal because you have an entire keg of beer. Yeah, absolutely. True. And the rest of it will be really nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was going to toss out there, do not accidentally hook your CO2 up to the wrong lock. You always want it to go on the inside and not the yes. outside. Yes, yeah. Otherwise, you'll get beer in your regulator and it'll be ruined. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, some of them have check valves. Most of them do not. And so just always be very wary which one is which. Uh, when taking apart and cleaning, make sure you're matching Basically, them up properly. Just pay attention. Yeah, well, the short one is the in, and the long, long one, one is the out. Is the out. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I mean, well and... Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's just to pay attention, but it's, it's one of those things where do it wrong once and it can cost you a lot of money. Yeah, well, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll destroy and your time. rig. Yeah, you're, and a decent regular is somewhere between $50 and $100. Mm-hmm. Or more. Just, or more. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's kegging in a nutshell. I'm sure there's more specific things that we didn't quite get to. And, I mean, we'll, it's kind of an ongoing topic, and we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, in the future. And if you have any more specific questions, Thomas, go ahead and shoot us an email. Or uh, message me on Facebook again. You know, you know how to get a hold of me, <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll try to figure it out for you. Thank you. All right. Uh, I have outro music somewhere. Where Do is you? it? There it is. There it is. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash studios or uh, click on the Become a Patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Patreon is like a recurring tip jar that helps us keep the lights on. So go do that stuff now. It's important. Uh, or if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, click on our Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Go do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback for sending you to Amazon from our webpage because you weren't going to go there at all. Uh, without us. You were so. struggle-busting so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.